The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, Stunt Brainiacs. Welcome to the second half of the Pure Opelka Opelkathon happening today. Coming to you live from the Dallas studios of the Blaze Radio Network. Just wrapped up the Glenn Beck program. So if I sound like I'm still running about 100 miles an hour, it's only because I am. Those of you who joined me this morning, thank you so much. I appreciate the support from all over the country. And uh, a lot of you weighed in, which is good. And some of you were surprised and, and happy with my clip that I played that shows that Hillary and Bill Clinton had slaves and they actually talked about it. And some of you disagreed, but that's what makes the world go around, right? Uh, We are going to keep monitoring the Comey testimony, even though I think it is a gigantic nothing burger. I do think there there ain't a whole lot there. And we're rapidly finding out more and more and more and more that it's just so much piffle, which is a great word, isn't it? Piffle. And, And if we could get away from the piffle and actually get to the the stuff that's going on in the world other than this investigation, I think we'd be much better off as a country, as a, as a people, etc. Now, the big news for me is the fact that nobody got free drinks today. Nobody apparently got free drinks today at the D.C. bar that promised they would give out a free drink every time Donald Trump tweeted during Comey's testimony. Now, there's time. There's actually time, and I believe this was the president pulling a great move again. Yesterday, I talked about Donald Trump being a genius, and today, there's more proof that Donald Trump is not just a genius, but he might be a super genius. He might be an evil genius. He might be a a genius genius, because by not tweeting, and everybody is at the ready, there are people assigned to watch Donald Trump's Twitter account, totally assigned to that today. And guess what? He's not tweeting. Very funny. Uh, Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I mentioned that one of the things that we have to monitor is the way the coverage is going. Because as your media watchdog, that's right, I'm your media watchdog. 
I have to wonder why CNN is doing nothing, posting nothing of Marco Rubio's questioning. Why? You've, you've got Joe Manchin. You've got Dianne Feinstein. Uh, you, you've got a host of other Democrats asking questions. Senator Martin Heinrich, Democrat from New Mexico. Why? Why aren't you posting anything from Marco Rubio? I'll, I'll guarantee you Kamala Harris, Democrat from California, former uh, attorney general from California who has been uh, pushed into the limelight by putting her as a senator from California. I know they're looking at her as vice presidential timber for 2020. I know this. But I'll bet you we see Kamala Harris's stuff show up. Just just guessing. And uh, we'll, we'll play you some of the highlights from earlier. I still go back to the fact that nothing burger, nothing burger, nothing burger. And, um, and I'll stick by that. I'm a little distracted today, I have to admit. And Chamont is going to get on my case today by being so distracted. He already has. I'll get back to Comey Feifei 2017. I, I need to give credit, by the way, to George Wallace, the comic. George Wallace, another one of my friends who is an uber-liberal, another one of my friends who doesn't like the Trumpster, another one of my friends who would have preferred Hillary Clinton in the White House, but he is also one of the funniest people I know. He is also Jerry Seinfeld's bestest friend in the whole wide world. So you should follow George, and this morning he dubbed it Comey Feifei 2017, and he wished us all a happy Comey Feifei. Very nicely done, sir. But um, stepping away from Comey Feifei because we, we have to say thank you. Today, when I arrived at the studios, there was a box that had somehow made it to my little office slash dressing room. They have a dressing room for guests who come in. And Mike Broomhead was in there for the last two days. And I have, to, I have to get on Mike Broomhead's case because he left some, some towels with some uh, makeup on him. It was nasty. I know. We didn't change. And Doc, Doc Thompson, being the great human being that he is, said, I'll get you some fresh towels. I said, thanks, Hazel. And then he said, just for that, I'm not getting you any fresh towels. But at my door today was a box, a very well-wrapped box. And it was addressed to Mark Opella. I don't know who Mark Opella is, but I assumed, I, I hope to God there is no Mark Opella working for the company. Sarah will know. Do we have a Mark Opella working here? No? Okay. I opened the box because that's who it was addressed to. And inside the box, there was a pile of beautifully wrapped and labeled Fried pies. Do you remember when it was uh, Cobbler Day, Peach Cobbler Day, and I went on the air and I said, what the hell is a cobbler? How is a cobbler different than a pie? It's both delicious filling with crust, etc. And the good people at Fulton's Pies and Pies, and that's how they signed it, Fulton's Pies and Pies, uh, said, we're going we're gonna to send you something. And we hope you like it. So in this box was, and I'm just, it's not heated up yet, but I'm going to take a taste. Mm. These are 
Arbuckle Mountain original fried pies. And there are cherry pies. There are peach pies. There are blueberry pies and blackberry pies and apple pies. Shamat's in there shaking his head. I guess he doesn't want any. He's, he's, now, he's now given me, he's given me the, the pie stink eye. Uh, Mr. Lynch, uh, first of all, hello, sir. I'm, I haven't really spoken to you much because I ran in from the other show. Hello, welcome to the program. Go ahead, turn your mic on. You see the pies. You see the box of pies that's in the kitchen. You saw them, didn't you? No, I did not. You did I've not? Been, I was, I've been looking for them. Well, I, I, at least you turned on the oven. I asked you to turn on the oven, and you did. So the oven's heated. It's preheated to 350 degrees. And here are the instructions we received. Preheat oven to 350 degrees. Place in the oven for 10 minutes. Do not microwave these because it will make them soggy. You can freeze these and enjoy them later. Just wrap them in plastic first. Thank you. Uh, and enjoy your pies. We enjoy your show, Fulton's Pies and Pies. So Fulton Pies and Pies in Oklahoma, thank you. I, I have one little bit of news to tell you. And Mr. Lynch, tell me if I'm incorrect on this. Okay. Will there be any pies left to go in the freezer? <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> nah. Uh-uh. Like, here's, the, here's the truth about radio. You know the bad thing? What's like, that? Uh, I usually, like, I can sniff out food. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm like, I'm a food connoisseur. Like, so if it's any food around that's free, if, if, if it's any food around, period, somebody yeah. eating, I smell it and I go see what's going on. I investigate. And I, I'm the one who usually comes back to the radio studio and tells everybody there's food around, you know, after I done had me a couple. Um, really? Mm-hmm. That's how you're doing? Mm-hmm. You, so you're going to eat in front of me. Mm-hmm. I, ain't, I ain't tripping. I don't want, you probably no, I'm, you're talking blueberry so pie or something. I want, I want the pecan, it, we call it pecan in Texas. It's yeah, a, I understand. <laughs> I don't know if there's a, I don't know if there is a pecan. Uh, Somebody said pie. it was a It might have disappeared. Nah. It don't worry. I, I, go, I, know, I know where your dressing room is. <laughs> I so, sniff around. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this morning these arrived, and now that we have, uh, we're rapidly approaching the middle of the uh, eleven o'clock hour here in the Central Time Zone. I think it's only right for us to to do as uh, some of the employees here do, and that's have dessert first. I think we should live dessert first. Yeah, you know you stole somebody's pies, though. What do you mean? You're not Mark O. Pella. Mark Pella. Mark Pella. <laughs> yeah, Today. so they, they were, there's the Mark Pella here looking for his pies. Mark, <laughs> uh, first of all, I identify as Mark Pella today. Oh, so you're a, <laughs> another gen- <laughs> I'm, I'm transitioning into Mark Pella today. Okay. And I'm, I'm eating those pies. But uh, for, for first of all, attention, Blaze, employees, the Puro Pelka crew are only allowed to get first choice. Whatever's left over, you're welcome to share in our bounty. But the Puro Pelka crew, Jeff, me, Shamont, and Sarah, because she's like the big radio boss. Oh, wait. I didn't see Clint hiding over there. Sorry. Yeah, I, I couldn't see you behind the monitor, Clint. You're such a little thing. I couldn't see you. What, is he Sorry. losing weight? He is. Michael. All right. So we've got we've got pies for everybody. Shout out to Oklahoma, man. Is a big shout out to Oklahoma. And you know what? I should get the town. I should get the box. We'll do that during the break. We'll do a proper shout out to the people who uh, delivered us these lovely fried pies as we sit through. Thank you, Fulton's Pies and Pies. As we sit through uh, Comey Fefe 2017. Yes, there's news to cover, and we'll get to it 
after the break on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka, the fried pie edition of Pure Opelka. Sway's jumping in. There's a plate of fried pies here in the studio. I wish we could we could uh, live cast this. That's a cherry pie. That looks good. She's dancing. Yeah, these are good. Uh, Mark from Maryland is checking in with us this morning. Uh, Mark, or this afternoon in your part of the world. How you doing, Mark? Oh, hanging in there. Uh... Something that when you started talking about those pies, mm-hmm. my my granddaughter had said something about uh, Maxine Waters. Okay, watching her on you know Blaze TV and everything. Mm-hmm. I, I've been slowly uh, you know working on that child, make sure she's not a progressive. Huh. And and she uh, started watching her talking on there about impeach, 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 and he said he said. Well, they ought to call. Said she likes to say "impeach" all the time. They ought to call her "peaches." I like that. That's that's kind of interesting. I'm having. Yeah, so. I'm I'm just testing one of the peach. Speaking of which, I thought you were going to go with some sort of impeach pie, because I'm oh. I'm I'm tasting one of one of the the impeach the peach flavored fried pies that we got in from Fulton's Fried Pies. Let me give you the correct. At least I should shout them out the correct city. They are in uh, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. So shout out to Oklahoma. Arrow. Now here's All right. thank a big you. Shout out to Oklahoma. Thank you, Mark. Have a great rest of your day. Now here's a here's a little um, little bit of radio inside info that you don't know. When someone sends food to a radio station, usually it doesn't get eaten. Usually it gets thrown away. If somebody would would make something and send it, like cookies or whatever, to a radio or TV station, the hosts almost never eat it. And why is that? Because there are jack wagons out there who would poison us or drug us or worse. So usually stuff like fried pies that look this delicious, that absolutely are homemade and, and fabulous, would not be eaten out of an overabundance of caution. But I actually had had a discussion with the folks from Fulton's, and I appreciate them. Mark, I got to rock and roll, but thank you for uh, checking in today. Join okay. me tomorrow. I'll be on with Glenn. Uh, okay, you take There he goes. Comey's still talking. I wonder how long he's going to talk today. And Donald Trump, as has we said, is not tweeting. Absolutely not tweeting today. So anybody who thought their job was going to be crazy today because they were supposed to cover the president, ah, too bad. Or maybe you, you'd be better served 
going to the um, the bar, Shaw's Bar in Washington, or I think it was called the Public Pub. I think it was called Publix, which is also in Washington, and Clooney's in San Francisco. So if you're out on the West Coast and near the Mission District in San Francisco, Clooney's is hosting, and they had... They actually had Comey-themed drinks. They had Impeach Mint, which was peach schnapps with peppermint schnapps kind of mixed together. That sounds kind of awful, doesn't it? Yeah. But we are, we are um, we're going to check in today with, I think we have an expert who's, who's been monitoring this, going to give us an update on what's happening. But there are other stories that I have to get to. If you didn't join me for uh, the Glenn Beck program, uh, I might go back to this Hillary Clinton story. I want to get Shamont's take on it. Uh, I wonder I wonder if he thinks the same thing as I do, that Hillary Clinton had slaves and, and she was lying about it, and we didn't know about it till just this week. I, I got uh, a positive and a negative on it during the Glenn Beck program. I should play the clip. We'll do that. And um, do you have a new tattoo? If you have a tattoo, I have zero tattoos. And I have zero interest in getting a tattoo, but I'm fascinated by the whole tattoo thing. I have two tattoo stories. One is kind of a sad story. And the other one is actually a technology story about tattoos and tattooing and how there may be a way to make tattoos simpler, better, but I wonder if it's going to take the art out of it. Because tattooing really is an art. I've been to the conventions. I've, I've walked the floors where there are hundreds of people getting tattoos at the same time. I've talked to the artist. I'm fascinated with it. Again, zero ink on me. But I'm fascinated with the topic. And I'll, I'll share with you this, this new technology around tattoos just around the corner on Pure Opelka. You're in the middle of a Pure Opelkathon. This is the fourth of six hours today on the blaze radio network come on back you're listening to pure opelka with mike opelka on the blaze radio network Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I'm in a bit of a panic. I have to admit, I didn't properly plan. So I'm down to my last pack of relief factor for this trip, and I have to get through today and tomorrow. This is the end of the 14th week of my adventure with relief factor. I've, I've been through this now, and I tell you, it's changed the way I think about pain because guess what? I don't have pain. I started taking all-natural relief factor after the company said, look, try it. Get the three-week quick start plan. I did, and based on recommendation from Doc Thompson, based on a recommendation from Brad Staggs, 
I said, all right, I'm going to give it a shot because I'm, I'm really nervous about taking painkillers every day. Not prescription, but I would take over-the-counter a handful, like eight every day. So I started thinking, what's that doing to me? Seven and a half, eight days into taking Relief Factor every day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, the pain went away. The inflammation in my knees and my hips and my back went away, and the pain went with it. You should try it. All-natural Relief Factor. Go to relieffactor.com. It's that simple. Go to relieffactor.com and and tell them you want the three-week quick start plan and start start getting your life back. Start getting control of yourself because you don't have to worry about pain. Give them a call, 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. It is Relief Factor. Tell them Michael Pelka sent you. I don't know if they'll do anything. It might double the price, but tell them. Tell them you heard it here. All right, we're getting back to, uh, I'm watching Comey Fefe 2017, and we'll cover it. But right now, I have to give you the update on, on what I was talking about, because uh, the, the question of ink, tattoos, always, always gets me interested when a topic comes up about it. I have zero tattoos. There used to be a guy who worked at the Blaze who was sleeved as they say, completely sleeved. His arms were covered from the shoulders down to his wrists, both arms. He also had tattoos on his back and on his chest, and he had started getting uh, his legs covered with tattoos. And I said, what are you doing? His name was Mason. So what are you doing, Mason? He goes, oh, just, you know, I'm, I'm turning my body into a canvas. And I said, okay. I, I don't get it. I totally don't get it. And, and that's just me. People with tats doesn't necessarily mean they're bad. They're just different. They look at their, their skin as a canvas. I look at my skin as a gift. And I just don't know about putting something today on, on that canvas that in, in a year or five years or 50 years I might regret. So I'm, I'm completely tat-free. But I started interviewing people who are in the tattoo business, and I discovered something fascinating. They're mostly libertarians. The tattoo artists, the tattoo business owners that I have talked to, and I've surveyed many in Delaware, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, and many from around the country because there is a massive tattoo culture that does these conventions every year. And as I sat with the people, watching them apply tattoos to their clients, they, they actually took time to describe to me how they got in the business. And many of them got into the business after they got their first tattoo and said, you know what? This is a job. This is something I could do. There are many who are artists and they realize that owning a tattoo parlor and putting their art onto people was ultimately more profitable than trying to make great paintings or sculptures and sell them out in the very competitive art world. It's a little different kind of a business model. But most of them, as I said, were libertarians. These are people who, who have small businesses. A lot of them were husbands and wives, boyfriend and girlfriend, whatever, small families. And they had a storefront in a mall or a storefront on a strip mall. And <clears throat> people would come in and be their clients. And I always think that it's a one-time thing. 
But the tattoo artist, the tattoo business, looks at this as an ongoing thing because people are always, always changing their tattoos. They might see something they've, they've gotten in, enamored of and they want to memorialize it on their skin. Look no further than the NBA and the current playoffs. The players and the tattoos, there are myriad tats all over these people. And they're, they're now talking about making electronic tattoos that could be implanted on your skin and they could be used as passwords for your digital devices. Anybody nervous about that? According to some reporting on thebigthink.com, which is kind of a cool place to check out, there's a chance that in the next generation, Motorola phones, the Google Android phones, would come with the ability to recognize electronic tattoos. Would you get one? I don't know about this. But they have discussed this, this technology at, at different conferences. And the Internet's just wondering, well, how does a digital tattoo work? It likely requires the implantation of tiny sensors or circuits under your that epidermis, that epidermal layer of human skin. And that would make them waterproof. That would make them uh, not, not able to be stretched or twisted while still making them able to register or send pulses, digital pulses capable of being recognized by your smartphones. I don't know about this. These digital tattoos would also be able to take different readings on your body, your heart rate, your body temperature, and be sending a complete picture of your body health. See, this is where I get a little nervous. I Because to me, once that's there, once that chip, those digital tattoos, as they're calling them, or epidermal electronics are in your skin, that means somebody else could be reading what's coming out of there too. Can you imagine? Uh, what happened? Well, I got uh, identity theft. No, no, my tattoo got hacked. My digital tattoo got hacked. I think we're probably on the front edge of this implantable technology. It's different than wearable technology because it's always there. But I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. What's going to happen? What's next? What's the next bit of technology? And, and we're, we're obviously going to talk about it. We're going to deal with it because we're going to pay attention to it. Speaking of tattoos, there's a, another side of the tattoo story that I need to tell. And this one's a weird one. This one deals with a guy who just got a brand new tattoo and um, he died. Now, he didn't die from the tattoo, but he got the tattoo on his, on his arm. No, it's the back of his, yeah, his arm. It was on his arm. It said, Jesus is life. Jesus is my life. And apparently his doctor told him, um, you shouldn't be going into water, like swimming in oceans or lakes or rivers without 
without the tattoo completely healing? Because let's face it, they inject ink into your skin. It creates a little wound, a puncture wound into your skin. Now, granted, when you, when you rate wounds of the skin, you use the, the word pale, P-A-I-L, to indicate the severity of the wound. Puncture, abrasion, incision, and laceration. A puncture, and they go from least invasive, least troubling, to most troubling. So a puncture is just a, a, a poke through the skin, and it's the least problematic break in the skin. A puncture, an abrasion is when, obviously, you scrape. An incision is a straight line. A laceration is a complicated, complex tearing of the skin, and that's, that's usually the worst. But a puncture. So think of the punctures that happen when you get a tattoo. Those are all little opportunities. If your skin doesn't heal, those are all little opportunities for infection to jump in. So this guy got the tattoo, and a few days later, instead of listening to both doctors and the tattoo artists, decided he was going to go swimming. So he jumped into the Gulf of Mexico for a swim just five days after getting the tattoo. A few days later, he was admitted to a hospital here in Dallas complaining of severe pains near the area of the tattoo on his calf. Doctor said, hey, you better keep that clean. Got to prevent infections. He died less than two months later because he got one of those bacteria that go in and start eating your skin and inside your body. He had a flesh-eating bacteria that got into his body. He was on life support 24 hours after he was admitted into the hospital. So while I think the tattoo art is wonderful, I think the tattoo culture is fascinating. I love hearing that these are mostly entrepreneurial spirits who are actually doing great things. And they have family values and they're people that want small government, at least from my uh, discussion with them. I, I also tell our friends in the tattoo community, when both the doctor and the tattoo artist tell you, hey, um, don't go in any lakes, rivers, or oceans until this thing fully heals, you know, give it a rest. Would it have, would have killed you to, uh, to have waited a week? No, but it did kill you to go into the ocean. Before I go away, I was about to jump away for a break, but Jamie from Florida's checking in. Jamie, how are you? Hi, Mike. Uh, I, I I do have one tattoo. It's actually uh, my husband's initials. He passed away oh. in 2010. Uh, but I my kids are tattoo freaks. But I've been I read an article just a couple of days ago that a they're experimenting on. Uh, pig skin, that's how they practice, and they're developing sensors that go into a tattoo that actually signals the person that, that has the tattoo that they are having a low blood sugar crash or a high blood sugar rush to help with diabetics that are uh, like my husband, a brittle diabetic, where their blood sugars change erratically. Yeah, well, that's uh, good. that's part of the technology we were just talking about. 
that they implanted yeah. under your skin where you have a tattoo so it can't be seen and it does everything it monitors your blood pressure it monitors your heart rate it can actually monitor like you said the sugars in the blood which are critical as you know to yeah, di- and, diabetics and they are actually incorporating it in some of the designs and it's just a little flake that, that is actually part of the design and i'm sorry i think it's going to be wonderful my daughter lives with that disease well, and the more you can do to help a diabetic you know, more power to you. I, I understand. I also raised the question. I have to cut away for a break here, Jamie. I raised the question that there are a lot of people worried about the mark of the beast being put on the skin. So there are people that shied away from getting any kind of a chip implant, and I understand their concerns. I got to cut away because I'm up against the wall and Shamont's looking at me going, come on, we have to have more power. Yeah, you're doing a great job. Well, thank you, Jamie. I'll to see you again all day tomorrow. God bless you. Thank you for being there. This all is right. Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Jump the gun. Welcome back. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? I know I'm doing the guy from the commercial, right? I hope we're here. I was, I was about to, um, I was about to go off on CNN here, and maybe it's time I should. Um, CNN went coast to coast on the Comey hearing, and uh, now they're doing a great, great analysis of it. But what's happening in Washington, D.C., the president is speaking to the Faith and Freedom Coalition. I'm just going to dump in on it a little bit and see if we can hear what he's saying. Thank you. Our religious liberty is enshrined in the very first amendment in the Bill of Rights. Yes. The American founders invoked our creator four times in the Declaration of Independence. Don't worry, we're not going to let him change it. He's doing well. He's got a crowd of evangelicals that will obviously support the president. And he talked uh, a lot to the Faith and Freedom Coalition and uh, about, about wanting to get his agenda pushed forward. And he focused a little bit on 2018, saying um, that, that we really need to try and increase the majorities because there's a very slim majority, obviously, in the Senate, just two votes. And uh, not, not a overwhelming majority in the house but the house is definitely being targeted and here's what i wonder what the heck is going on cnn you do coast to coast on on the hearing and then you're spending time afterwards with this analysis i'm not sure if there's a break i think there may be um, more questioning coming up but now you're spending this time with a gigantic panel talking about it when the president of the United States is speaking to one of the largest voting blocks in the country and he's speaking live, you haven't heard from him on Twitter since yesterday. He's breaking all of the conventions and you're freaking out. But the president of the country is speaking while you are spinning tales. 
it's it's really it's really sad CNN. At least at least it's on Facebook. You can watch it on Facebook, but you're denying your your biggest outlet, your outlet on cable on basic cable. Why? And why have you not posted anything from Marco Rubio? It smacks of some sort of massive agenda that you are feeding. It smacks of partisanship. It smacks of progressive politics that we all know exist. Shame on you, CNN. Shame on you. So let Jeffrey Tubin, the only guy on, on your network, who the only lawyer who seem, seems to think that this was obstructionism, let him prattle on as, as you relegate the president to the back page. Disgusting, CNN. Disgusting. I got to walk this off before I start ranting. I also ate too many of the fried pies, so I need to take a little bit of a quick stroll. We'll be right back. Opelka. With Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Seriously, I'm upset at CNN. I'm upset at CNN. The President of the United States is speaking to the Faith and Freedom Coalition, and I guess it's not important enough for you to cover it. I guess it's it's just not something you want people to see. I, I I'm so embarrassed. I really, I really think this was a gigantic mistake, CNN. And as MSNBC has decided, they are going to go on full exposed agenda. They are going to drop the radical pose to achieve the radical means, meaning they're going on full Trump hate watch, evidenced by Mika Brzezinski's meltdown this morning, which maybe we should replay for you. You are trying to pretend to be a news organization, CNN. You are trying to uh, look like you're being a news organization with your live coverage from inside the James Comey testimony and your gigantic panel where you'll have one left, one right, one left, one right, one left, one right, and Anderson Cooper in the middle. But the fact that you are overanalyzing this you are, you are and avoiding Donald Trump. There are nine people on CNN telling you the story of one man answering questions for a few hours. Meanwhile, the president of the United States of America was speaking to one of the largest voting blocks, one of the voting blocks that turned the election to the Republicans. And you totally avoided it. You put it, oh, it's on our Facebook page. It's so stupid. It's such it's such naked partisanship. Next hour, we are going to be visited with a friend who's been on the show before, a media analyst who's going to talk with us uh, at, at length to give us more 
of what happened this morning, more of the analysis of what happened. I I just think it's a gigantic waste of time. And one of Donald Trump's statements to the Faith and Freedom Coalition really crystallized it for me. He said, you know, the the Democrats, who he talked about the fact that they're stopping him from doing even the simplest appointments. And by holding up some of these appointments to positions that are open, it gives the left-leaning media the right to say, well, Donald Trump can't even appoint people. He can't even fill his the jobs he has open. Well, my first reaction would would that to that would be good. He believes in small government. You got too damn many people working in D.C. anyway. You need a few less working or not working. And then the the other end of it is that it, that you're the ones causing the problem because you are obstructing. So Trump said to the Faith and Freedom Coalition just about thirty minutes ago. They say resist. They really should say obstruct. And he's right. He's 100% right. But Donald Trump and I break on many topics. We are not in sync on many things. But on, on small government, he's right. On the way the Democrats are obstructing him, he's absolutely right. 100% right. So I'm going to ride with him on that one. I've said that CNN should also be ashamed of itself because they cannot seem to find time to cut any of the video from Marco Rubio, who I believe is probably one of the, one of the better guys when it comes to being honest and open about what happened today and in the testimony of James Comey. And so we went in and found the Rubio. And just one of the topics that he was curious about was why the the Russians didn't leak any stuff about Trump and why were there no pro-Trump leaks that came out from Russia. The president has asked three things of you. He asked for your loyalty, and you said you would be loyally honest. Honestly loyal. Honestly loyal. Um, the The... He asked you on one occasion to let the Mike Flynn thing go because he was a good guy. By the way, you're aware that he said the exact same thing in the press the next day. He's a good guy. He's been treated unfairly, et cetera, et cetera. So I imagine your FBI agents read that. I'm sure they did. The the president's wishes were known to them, certainly by the next day when he had a press conference with the prime minister. Going back, the three requests were, number one, be loyal. Number two, um... Let the Mike Flynn thing go. He's a good guy. He's been treated unfairly. And number three, can you please tell the American people what these leaders in Congress already know, what you already know, what you've told me three times, that I'm not under pers- personally under investigation? Those are the three things he asked. Yes, sir. You know, this investigation is full of leaks left and right. I mean, we've learned more from the newspapers sometimes than we do from our open hearings, for sure. Um, you ever wonder why, of all the things in this investigation, the only thing that's never been leaked is the fact that the president was not personally under investigation, despite the fact that both Democrats and Republicans and the leadership of Congress knew that and have known that for weeks? I don't know. I find matters that are briefed to the Gang of Eight uh, are pretty tightly held, in my experience. I don't know. I don't know. It's just amazing. It's amazing what this guy doesn't know after he was in charge. I don't know. 
just just amazing to me. And if you knew there were link leaks coming out of your office, why? Why wouldn't you have pressured the office staff to make sure you stop the leaks? Why? It doesn't make any sense. And if it doesn't make any sense, according to Judge Judy, guess what? It's not true. CNN's reporting that uh, James Comey has called Donald Trump a liar five times today. Really? The White House has responded saying the president is not a liar. I would hope they would say that. About the recordings, Joe Manchin, the guy who currently has a D after his name and is fighting for his future because he's up for re-election in 2018, Joe Manchin is one of the 20-plus Democratic senators who has to face re-election and could be in trouble, especially because he is in a red state, a state that went for Trump in West Virginia. Manchin asked about the tapes. Do you believe there were any tapes uh, or recordings of your conversations with the president? It never occurred to me till the president's tweet. I'm, I'm not being facetious. I hope there are, and I'll consent to the release of... So both of, you, both of you are in the same findings here. You both hope there's tapes and recordings. Well, I'm the, I, all I can do is hope. Uh, the, the president surely knows whether he taped me, and if he did, uh, my feelings aren't hurt. Release the entire, release all the tapes. I'm gotcha. good with it. Gotcha. I hope so. God, I hope there are tapes. I hope there are tapes because we, we'd be then able to hear them. Now, here's something that came up today that I found to be really interesting. And I want you to listen to it and make the decision yourself. And by the way, the phones are open. Jeff's on the phones. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three. What do you make of this? What do you make of this statement from Jim Comey? And finally, did you show copies of your memos to anyone outside of the Department of Justice? Yes. And to whom did you show copies? I asked, um, President tweeted on Friday after I got fired that I better hope there's not tapes. I woke up in the middle of the night on Monday night because it didn't dawn on me originally that there might be corroboration for our conversation. There might be a tape. And my judgment was I needed to get that out into the public square. And so I asked a friend of mine to share the content of the memo with a reporter. Didn't do it myself for a variety of reasons, but I asked him to because I thought that might prompt the appointment of a special counsel. And so I asked a close friend of mine to do it. And was that Mr. Wittes? No, uh, no. Who was that? A good friend of mine who's a professor at Columbia Law School. Thank you. So nobody jumped on this and said, hang on. We haven't seen the memos, but you showed them to a guy at Columbia Law School and said, hey, would you mind leaking this? We can't see the memos, but you can show it to a guy who's a friend who you won't name, who's a professor at Columbia Law School. Does this make any stinking sense at all? Does anybody else have a problem with this? I'm sorry, I do. This this takes the, the any credibility Comey would have had left and, and says, no, no, sir. You don't show the copies of the memos, which you're not allowing us to see, and leaking the content to the members of the press. Seriously. Why isn't that headline screaming? Why isn't that out there? 
I just I just think this elevation of Jim Comey to the ultimate ultimate lawman and and giving him no heat for obviously the deficiencies in his work and and things like he just exhibited to us that it's it's unconscionable. It's unconscionable and it goes back to the fact that his opening statement yesterday, I go back to this over and over again. His opening statement, which was released last night, yesterday afternoon, the whole world knew about it. We all saw the seven pages. And Comey confirming in that opening statement that he did, in fact, tell Donald Trump three times, just as the president told us, he even confirmed the same date pattern of that that information. Three times he told the president, he was not under investigation by the FBI. I gather from all this that you're willing to say now that while you were director, the president of the United States was not under investigation. Is that a fair statement? That's correct. All right. So that's a fact that we can rely on at this Yes, sir. Point. Okay. Yeah, that's a fact. And I told the president that three times. Why can't we see the memos? Why can't we? I, I'm, I'm stunned. I'm absolutely stunned. And because I'm stunned, I'm going to take a break. When we come back, I'm trying going to spin the wheel of stories and maybe come up with something a little more distracting, although I'm kind of caught up with this. So maybe we'll stick with it. Maybe we'll drift over into uh, Wonder Woman land because somebody sent me something about Wonder Woman. Now Dana is bugging me. I was on the show with Dana Lash last night and with Doc Thompson, and Brandon Morris, and we had a great time. Uh, but now Dana's bugging me because I'm the only one in the building, I guess, who has not seen uh, Wonder Woman. A little busy, a little busy doing, you know, some radio, my show and Glenn's show. It might be a little busy. But uh, there's something about some tweets about Wonder Woman that I apparently have to see. And uh, we'll, we'll try and get into some distractions as well as more of the news when Pure Pelka returns. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. You're listening to... Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. I got to temper some of my anger and frustration at the way this media is covering this Comey hearing with some stupid news. And it seems like if you want to really find dumb criminals, look for the people trying to break into ATMs. Over the weekend, there was a story I did not get to on Monday, but some guy was trying to use a, uh, a torch you know, a welding tool to cut the ATM out of the frame that it was in. He thought he was going to cut it loose, then open it up and uh, take all the money. 
Because, you know, they can have 20, 30, 40 grand inside. It's like a little miniature vault. He eventually did cut it through, but he didn't think it through. All the money that was inside the ATM caught fire and burned up while he was cutting the metal around the thing. What a dope. Uh, We also don't have to look too far from my neck of the woods uh, up in in Delaware, just around the corner, about 60 miles away in uh, Maryland, in Prince George's County, not far away at all. A police are looking for a guy who stole a backhoe and drove it five miles to use it to attempt to take an ATM out of a wall. (laughs) Stole a backhoe, drove it five miles, and then tried to use it to break through and, and get through and open up the ATM. He eventually gave up and ran away or drove away. Uh, they they said he, he was unsuccessful, but he caused thousands in damage to the machine. You know, because they're big things. Uh, they believe this is the same guy behind an ATM theft two years ago. In that case, uh, the guy, the suspect, and two others broke into a tobacco shop in the same area where they stole money and the ATM. So they think they've got some sort of ATM burglars out there. It's just such a a silly thing. I guess if you want to be a bank robber and you don't want to have the human component in it, the risk in it, that, that stealing the ATM or cracking into an ATM is probably about the smartest thing you can do. In, um, in non-theft news, there's a story about uh, a person who bought a diamond ring at one of these sales in England that they call car boot sales. I guess it's kind of like people pull into a parking lot and um, the, the folks uh, open up the trunks of their cars, which is a boot in England, and they sell stuff out of the trunks of their cars. Well, somebody saw this ring on sale in one of these car boot gatherings and assumed it was costume jewelry. It had a price tag of 10 pounds on it, which is about $13. Uh, that $13 almost costume jewelry turned out to be a 26 carat diamond ring. A 26-carat diamond ring. Do you want to guess? Do you want to guess what it sold for? It sold at auction um, more than double its estimated value. Sotheby's Fine Jewelers had an auction in London last night. And this 26-carat ring, which was bought for $13, went under the hammer yesterday. And the final sale price was $847,000. So now now the people actually bought it in the 80s. So it's been around for 30 years. They bought it in the 80s, but they always thought it looked real. And you know how you buy a a piece of costume jewelry or that fake Rolex and you go, it looks pretty good, doesn't it? It looks all right. I get away with this, right? And then they started realizing, well, maybe... Maybe it's, it's not fake. And they took it to a local jeweler who said, yeah, 
That is a cushion-shaped diamond from the 19th century. And uh, Sotheby's thought, oh, we'll get about about $400,000 for this, which is a good enough prize after you paid $13 for it. No, it sold for $847,667. Oh, and we're all thinking, how come that never happens to me? You just got to keep looking. And in terms of Wonder Woman, I still haven't seen it. I was thinking maybe I could see it today, but it just got a note from the, the folks over at the, uh, at the Bush Center over on SMU campus, George W. Bush's uh, place. I'm still trying to get him. They told me he's too busy right now, but I'm still trying to get just 10 minutes with him. But I'm headed over there to look at the paintings he did of the 90, 95 or 98 Wounded Warriors. And see if we can pick up some stuff for that. Maybe we'll use it for uh, Easter egg giveaways on the weekends. But I have to check that out. But these, uh, these tweets are very funny. Some of the tweets, things like, Dear Lord, please bless the 10-year-old boy sitting next to me in Wonder Woman who whispered, Diana, no, as she put herself in danger. Oh, I have to check this. Uh, Jenny Jaffe tweeted, I buy that Wonder Woman can stop bullets and fly, but nobody can walk through fog and maintain their blowout. (laughs) She shows her hair. It's all about hair and shoes and jewelry, isn't it, ladies? Hair and shoes and jewelry. And the sooner the men realize that, the better we'll all get along. I'm just saying, guys. I'm just saying. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. One of the interesting things going on whenever these uh, networks do what they've done today, and it's, it's all Comey all the time on CNN and MSNBC and, and not so much on Fox. They're actually paying attention to some of the other parts of the world is um, CNN's out of its normal element. They're not in their usual studios. Uh, for example, Wolf Blitzer is actually outside. And whenever you take a camera outside, there are jack wagons who are attracted like moths to a flame. And uh, there are also opportunists. There are people who will get there and hold up signs and mouth things. It's the Today Show theory. You know, when they go outside on the Today Show, uh, you always see different groups of people hanging out and running around and, and making dumb faces or signs. And NBC got smart. They started printing up signs that they gave to people uh, with the message they wanted to get out to avoid some of the jack wagons. And just now on, on CNN, as uh, Wolfie was out outside of um, the uh, Capitol Hill, there was a guy holding up a sign advertising a tour group, and he kept creeping into the shot. They initially had him kind of half cropped out, but as as Wolf kept talking, the guy kept slowly creeping in and getting his giant sign shown 
on network TV. I have to salute you, sir. I have to salute you for planning and bringing not only your sign, but bringing a pole so you could hoist it above everybody else. Uh, looking at some weird news as we, as we wind through today. At the top of the next hour, we're going to get into uh, the analysis of, of what was said today. And we're also waiting as Donald Trump's lawyer is expected to respond to the Comey testimony. That's coming up just around the corner, so we'll give you an update on that as well. Um, looking at some of the strange news from around the country. Can you imagine, and I, I caught this story caught my eye because I flew into Dallas and I have to fly out tomorrow. Can you imagine your, your flight having a problem because the plane hit an alligator? I know. I know you're thinking of all the things. You know, I'm, I saw the movie, the, the Sully movie, where Tom Hanks played uh, Sully Sullenberger and the, the thing about the geese. And I actually thought that that movie, how could they make a two-hour movie about a flight that lasted about two and a half minutes? But they did, and it was a good movie. But this, in this case, in Orlando, Florida, an airport that regularly has my brother flying in and out of it, an 11-foot alligator was making its way across the runway. It didn't make it. It died on June 1st as this plane was landing, and the pilot claims the alligator jumped up as the plane was flying over and was actually struck by the wing of the plane. This was at a private airport, or executive airport as they're called, but the pilot hit an 11-foot alligator crossing the runway. They were, um, they were told that the pilot was flying a Navajo, not exactly a gigantic plane. The gator jumped up in the air and struck the wing of the plane during his landing. The gator was killed instantly, and the airport actually sustained damage to the wind. The picture is ridiculous. I will, I will tweet it out. Thankfully, the pilot was okay. And the photo, the photo seems to be going everywhere. But uh, sometimes Florida is just, is just the, the magnet for crazy stories. Uh, there, there's also a, um, a little panic that was happening when uh, a toy that was brought at uh, a restaurant. You know the vending machines when you walk out of like a Chuck E. Cheese, they have the vending machines. And all these vending machines had these little capsules inside. They thought they were balloons inside, but when the kid bought it and said, Mom, can you open this up? She opened it up and all this powder came out. And the police said, hold on a second, this is weird. The powder tested positive for cocaine. So was somebody doing a little scam where they were going to put cocaine in balloons and, and try and get people to, is this how they were going to move it surreptitiously through kids' toys at a, as a small restaurant like a Chuck E. Cheese? Uh, 17 other toys containing balloons in the same machine had powder. It turns out the police department on this case had a false positive on the cocaine, so there was no cocaine in the balloons. So they issued a red-faced apology that the substance, which resembled talcum powder or baking soda, but guess what? It was not cocaine. 
It did not pose a risk to anybody. So everybody can calm down just a little bit. And uh, the weasel of the week, the weasel of the week has to be the guy in Colorado. (sighs) You just hope there's a special place in hell for this guy. Investigators are actually looking at video from, from a trail in Genesee Park, Colorado. It's a place that has a lot of outdoor activities, a lot of hiking, etc. And in order to allow people who don't have vision, blind people, to appreciate the great outdoors, at least the hiking end of it, they put up Braille signs, 37 Braille signs along the trail, the Beaver Brook Trail. It costs the sheriff's and the county about $18,000 to do it. And some idiot went all over the trail and stole every single sign. 37 Braille signs. What are you doing? Why? I'm, I'm sorry, sir. You are the jack wagon of the week. I have to declare you that. And finally, out of the weird news today, because this one just... I have to cover this because it's it's my hometown. And it's rare that I, I get the opportunity to talk about a story out of Chicago that doesn't involve the latest murder numbers and the gunfire numbers, although I should report those anyway. But Chicago, over the last two months, has experienced a bunch of sightings Are you guys ready for this? A seven-foot winged flying humanoid flying over Chicago. Witnesses have come forward saying this seven-foot-tall bat-like human in the Lincoln Park neighborhood, which is on the near north side, was, was flying. There apparently have been 15 sightings of the, quote, flying humanoid in the area, and maps of Chicago have put out uh, the locations where they've seen it. Large humanoid bat, large humanoid bat, large bat-like creature, flying humanoid bat creature, everywhere in Chicago. Now, they're calling it Mothman because it bears a striking resemblance, according to the witnesses, to the Mothman of Point Pleasant, which I didn't know there was a Mothman of Point Pleasant. Did you? There are people that say uh, it's, it's bat-like in its appearance, and there are others that argue, oh, it's probably just a really big owl. I'm sorry, I've never seen an owl that's seven feet tall or with a wingspan of seven feet. Uh, I, don't, I don't like this idea. Not at all. So the, the people at MysteriousUniverse.org who have looked into this say that Lon Strickler, an expert in the field of cryptids, and the founder of Phantoms and Monsters, a website, has been called in on this. And he's been thoroughly investi- investigating each one of the sightings. In an interview with Mysterious Universe, Strickler pointed out two of the sightings on his website that he states are the most compelling. The most recent one, which happened on June 3rd, around 10 p.m., The couple, of course, wants to remain anonymous. They just finished a late dinner out for a walk, and they saw the strange being, a seven- to eight-foot solid black humanoid with wide membrane wings that 
resembled those of a huge bat. Its wingspan, at least 12 feet, the head was prominent, thinner than a human head. The back end of the body tapered to a point. No legs were noticed, but they could have been tucked under the body. The figure was gliding quickly along the length of the street, heading east, then suddenly ascended into the night sky. Neither of the witnesses heard any sound. Both told Mr. Strickler that they had a sense of foreboding and were still terrified almost an hour after the encounter. Now, I'm telling you, as as someone who visited the waterfronts in Chicago in my unsupervised years, we saw many things along the beach. We saw many things happen along the beach. But I've never seen a 12-foot wingspan, 8-foot-tall, mothman-like creature flying around Chicago. You know what? If I want you guys to see what this looks like because they actually brought in a sketch person. So I'm going to... I'll tweet out a link to the story. You can see what the mothman looks like. Uh, it looks like something I would have drawn, actually. There's something Jeffy would have drawn. So maybe he has. Again, I was just stepping away from some of the crazy stories coming out of Washington to give you even crazier stories. When we get back, we'll get back to the latest out of the politics next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It is uh, Comey Day. Comey Fefe 2017. You have to, you have to just sit back and take it all in. And uh, there, there are some other things we have to address as well. There's a story that I want to get to um, and may be able to get to it this hour, although we're running short on time. I, I might have to get to the story about Barack Obama's speech, a speech where he was paid a lot of money uh, and, and you know, like hundreds of thousands of dollars, a whole ton of money. Remember the guy who said at some point you, you've made enough money, haven't you? At some point you've made enough money. And he is now with his gigantic book bonus. What is it? The, uh, the signing bonus is like 30, somewhere between 30 and $60 million. And now he's out giving speeches for hundreds of thousands of dollars. And um, the speech he, he reportedly gave yesterday um, and received all of these hundreds of thousands of dollars for less than an hour of speaking. I, I believe, I believe one of the topics, well, let's see it to, just to give you an idea. Do you make $7,700 a month? Do you make seven, $7,700 a month? Just do the math on that. If you're making about a hundred grand a year, that's, that's about $7,700 a month. Well, it, takes Barack Obama when he's speechifying 
it takes him one minute to make $7,700. $7,700. So as Barack Obama is giving a speech, and guess where he gave it? No, he didn't give it in America because then it would be too easy for us to cover it and go, uh, Mr. President, this was at the Chamber of Commerce in Montreal, Canada. And the president, the guy who made four hundred thousand dollars reportedly that's seven thousand seven hundred dollars a minute talked about what we must do to fix the world because he knows now that he's not in charge of america he knows what what we should do to fix the world he's got that covered so obama gave some veiled shots to donald trump talking about the, re- the recipe for more cynicism and more polarization and less trust in our institutions and less trust in each other. Uh, but he talked about the need to combat income inequality, that a concentration of wealth fans fears that government exists solely to benefit the powerful. Let's think about that. Barack Obama making $7,700 a minute was telling people that we must do more to combat income inequality. Hmm. Seven, so you're making $7,700 a minute and you really, you really think something should be done to make sure that somebody else isn't making a whole lot of money while somebody else is making a very little amount of money. But how much were you making? $400,000 for your speech. I'm just saying, Mr. President, you're full of soup. You really are. Stepping aside, when we get back, uh, we're going to talk to a friend of ours who wants to analyze what's gone on so far in the questioning of James Comey. I was corrected saying I was being rude to Mr. Comey, calling him Jim. I thought I'd heard people call him Jim before, but I'll call him James just so I won't be a Jack Wagon myself. After the break, we'll break down where we are so far in the questioning of Jim Comey by the Senate Intelligence Committee. Ironically named, aren't they? We'll be right back. Thank you. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Oh, 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 oh. It is the sixth hour of the Pure Opelkathon here on the Blaze Radio Network. Mike Opelka in today, earlier today, from my buddy Glenn Beck filling in on the Glenn Beck program, then continuing the conversation here on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you for joining me. So many of you jumped in. I appreciate you. I'm, I'm glad you're, you're here and you followed along as we tried to deal with Comey Feifei 2017, surviving it. An interesting analysis 
of what happened today. And I thought this was kind of rare that this happened. This came out of Dana Bash. Dana Bash of CNN. And she was uh, outside of the Capitol with Wolfie. Uh, Wolfie and I think, uh, was it Nia Malika Henderson and John King and Gloria Borger with Wolf. And then there were 37 other people with Anderson Cooper in the studios. Uh, But they're outside trying to do their on-the-scene analysis. And um, the thing that, that struck me about Comey's testimony was exactly what hit what hit Dana Bash. And let me just play this, and then I'll, I'll bring our guest in to talk about some of the other issues we wanted to address here. But this is Dana Bash talking with Wolf and the crew about Comey and something she learned. A special counsel. We've said before, he might not be a Democrat, he might not be a Republican, but boy, is this guy political. To, to sort of have the wherewithal to do that and to sort of think 10 steps ahead and want that to be the end goal. That She's talking about the fact that Comey showed his notes on his meeting with Trump that night in Trump Tower, showed them to a friend of his who is a, a uh, professor at Columbia Law School and said, could you leak this to the New York Times? And she makes a, one final short statement here on Jim Comey. Gives you a sense that he's not just a Pollyanna Boy Scout. He wants to affect something and he wants to get to the point uh, of something like that. And he knows exactly how to do it and use the institutions of Washington and of the media to make that happen. Yeah, I certainly understand. He's Gloria political. Borch. He's absolutely political. Uh, joining me to discuss the testimony today and to break it down and, and take a look at it. From thestream.com, senior editor Rachel Alexander's been on this show in the past, and I know Rachel was glued, glued to C-SPAN 3, so you could see it all without any of the flavoring of the networks. Uh, How are you doing? Welcome back. I'm doing great. I was up a little early because it starts uh, kind of early out here while I'm on the Pacific Coast time. Well, you know, uh, this morning when I was hosting for Mr. Back, we actually called a bar in San Francisco that opened early this morning to cover it. And they said they had as many people in the bar as they had for the NBA playoffs last night. So it's, it's well attended. You're not alone, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad you weren't drinking at that hour this morning. No, I barely rolled out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any surprises for you, Rachel, when you watch this? Because you had read the seven-page preview the night before. Yeah, I've had an article that came out, in fact, on his, you know, pre-release testimony. Um, I was pretty surprised. I thought he would be more nuanced and kind of all over the board. Um, but instead, I felt like this was a tremendous defense of Donald Trump. He made so many statements. I mean, I can't even count them or, or get them all out in this interview. He made so many statements that seemed to back up everything Trump said. You know, the, the gist of his testimony was that, you know, I'm not really sure about anything, but I'm sure that I'm not really sure that this is the case. <laughs> so <laughs> it didn't help the Trump haters. They didn't help the people who were hoping that, you know, Trump wrongly fired him. I mean, he couldn't even say why he was fired. He's not real sure, he said. Yeah, that that was surprising to me that that he actually kind of felt like an employee who had been fired 
the guy who then sits around with his friends and goes, you know what, they fired me, and I thought I was doing a great job, and I never got a bad evaluation, but they fired me because they had a problem with me. Well, that's kind of like life. And I'm surprised, though, uh, I'm surprised at some of the questions. What question would you have asked Jim Comey today? You know, I would have asked him, who helped you write up your uh, hearing testimony? Um, You know, he said that there was, he denied that um, this certain intelligence group had helped him write it, but that was when he was specifically asked about that. I mean, it was such an odd piece of work. How did he, how did he come up with it? Because, I mean, the essence of it seemed to be, I really disliked Donald Trump and I did everything I could to avoid being around him. Well, the weirdest thing, and I said this to Dana Lash yesterday when we were we were talking about this, the weirdest thing was the, the, the statement that he, he told Jeff Sessions he didn't want to be alone with Trump. And here's the guy who's a looming six-foot, seven-inch presence. He really is a big guy, and he's telling Jeff Sessions, who's a little guy, I don't want to be alone with that guy. I, pre- I really don't want to be alone with him anymore. I'm like, you really can't take care of yourself? You re- you really that threatened? I thought that was the most bizarre point of the of the seven pages. And, and it's not valid because you know ultimately Trump is his boss. You know he might not directly report to him much, but Trump calls the shots, and he he doesn't seem to understand that. Like you know, if I had an employee who didn't want to you know be around me, you know that is a legitimate excuse to fire that employee, and and he has this confused. Uh, perspective where he keeps saying the FBI is an independent investigative agency. Well, that's not the full story. The full story is Trump has the full authority to hire and fire agency directors. So that's a qualification of him claiming, you know, it's independent. I don't, shouldn't have to have anything to do with Donald Trump. Well, that's something that Alan Dershowitz actually brought up last night. With, um, with Anderson Cooper. And Dershowitz, as you know, liberal, great legal mind, but a liberal, certainly not a guy I would expect to rush to Donald Trump's defense. But he said that there is more tradition of independence of the FBI. But the fact is that the executive branch has, as you so aptly described, the right to hire and fire. And in the case of Flynn, he could have told Comey, stop investigating him because I'm going to pardon him anyway, and this is over. And he has full right and, and the absolute ability to do so. And so this is all just a show. This is all just a, as Trump has said, I, I hate to use this phrase, a witch hunt. And it really is. I, well, we're talking to Rachel Alexander from thestream.org. Make sure I get it right. Thestream.org. And uh, you printed up last night a preview of what to expect. So last night I'm doing prep for the show and I'm going, I got to check and see what Rachel wrote. So I'm looking at your preview, and I'm saying, you know, you got a lot of this right. <laughs> you got all, you have you thought about picking lottery numbers? Like I don't have to issue a correction. That's like CNN. You heard they had to issue a correction after hearing the testimony on one of their articles. Oh my God, I didn't know that. What did they correct? Um, basically, they had said in the testimony that um, uh, Comey was going to contradict Donald Trump when it came to whether Donald Trump was being personally investigated oh, by yeah. the FBI or not. And they absolutely, because Comey came out and told us, uh, Trump said three times he told me I was not under investigation. Comey confirmed that. That was just amazing. (laughs) He he confirmed it over and over again. 
And, and, you know, I have to tell you, the reason I was so prescient in my article is not because I'm any wonderful, great, smart person, but it's because the liberal news media is so lazy. They, they just go with their regular spin, and they don't really dig deep. Whereas, you know, I read his, his testimony hyper-carefully, hyper-closely, and, you know, that's the only reason I was accurate. Well, the, the amazing thing to me, because I, I was doing an A-B comparison last night, I would spend 20 minutes on MSNBC and then I'd go over to Fox and 20 minutes and then 20 minutes at, at CNN. And the question I wanted to ask everybody was, are you all reading the same document? Because MSNBC, Rachel Maddow was nearly apoplectic. She was frothing. She was thinking, this is it. We got him now. Comey's going to take him down. And then over at CNN, you had people saying, well, it's trouble, but there's not really anything there. And Fox is, there's nothing here. And there might be a little bit of a attention depending on what the president tweets, which has been zero. But I think it's amazing that, that this whole thing is gone now with one, one document basically getting three different spins from three different sources. I had a ball writing this yesterday, and I had to, like, stop myself from going and checking all these liberal, you know, news reports about the testimony as they were coming out because it was interfering with me getting my article done. But I just kept laughing because, exactly, it was so diametrically different. I mean, basically, Comey, he just, he just looks like this chicken because all he talks about is how I tried to blend in with a curtain so, I, you know, Trump didn't uh, see me. And, I mean, he's just he's like scared of Trump, and that's the whole gist of his, his, his uh, testimony in the, in the written testimony. I, I did find something strange. Did you hear Paul Ryan's defense of the president right after the, the uh, hearing ended today? Did you hear any of that? No, I okay. missed it because I've been doing nonstop radio interviews. All right. Well, ride with me on this because I want you to hear. This is Paul Ryan. There was a curious statement in here. It's about a minute long. I think people now realize why the president is so frustrated. When the FBI director tells him on three different occasions he's not under investigation, yet the speculation swirls around the political system that he is, that's frustrating. Of course the president's frustrated. And I think the American people now know why he was so frustrated because this speculation was allowed to swirl when he was being directly told by the FBI director he wasn't under investigation. Look, as far as the, 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 the conversations and all of that, um, I'm not gonna speculate on any of this. I, I would just add um, that, of course, there needs to be a degree of independence between DOJ, FBI, and a White House, and a line of communications established. The president's new at this. He's new to government. I don't like the fact that Paul Ryan says the president's new at this. He's new to government. I do like that he defended him because I think that's important for party unity. But I don't like that he said, hey, the president's new at this. I think we got to be a little little bit different on that one. I'll give the speaker a break because he's going out and speaking extemporaneously. But I thought that was weird. Where, so where does it go from here? Rachel, where, what happens next? What do you think is the next spin on this? Well, um, Jay Sekulow has warned Comey he better go out and hire a criminal defense attorney. Wow. After, yeah, after basically admitting he leaked a classified memo, the one he had written about his conversation with Trump, to the New York Times. Yeah, see, that's the one that I said, why is there no more, no more attention on this one? That the guy who says, hey... 
Uh, you know, we. Uh, I would like my friend. I won't show you guys the uh, memos. I won't show Congress the memos, but I will show it to my friend and tell him to leak the contents to the media. That that's a shock to me. That that's not the the absolute earth shaking headline from this. But of course, I, I'm monitoring CNN. They're not even posting any of the Marco Rubio questions. We had to go dig it up ourselves. He had the best question of anybody, didn't he? He did. He was great. But they, they totally blew him off. I'm, well, I'm so glad you could make time for us today. I know you're busy. I know you're always out there checking things out. Uh, you guys need, to, uh, you need to, to follow our friend Rachel Alexander at thestream.org and uh, follow her on Twitter, follow her online, read her stuff, and I hope you'll join us again sometime. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Rachel. And there Bye-bye. she goes. When we get back... Oh, I've got some more craziness to share with you. And our, our buddy, who usually joins us on, on this day at this time, our good friend, Angie Austin, I think she's at the pool in Denver, but she said she has some stories she wants to talk about. And we'll get to Angie at the bottom of the hour when Pure Opelka returns. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Opelka with Mike Opelka. I don't know. Trump's uh, lawyer is responding. Yes, Donald Trump's lawyer is responding. Mark Kasowitz has uh, sent out a statement saying basically Comey's testimony makes it clear that the president never sought to impede the investigation into attempted Russian interference in the 2016 election and In fact, according to Mr. Comey, the president told Mr. Comey it would be good to find out in that investigation if there were some, quote, satellite associates of his, meaning, uh, I guess, Mr. Trump, of his, who did something wrong. He didn't, according to uh, the writings of Mark Kasowitz, He did not exclude anyone from that statement. Consistent with that statement, the president never, in form or substance, directed or suggested Mr. Comey stop investigating anyone, including suggesting that Mr. Flynn, quote, let, or Mr. Comey, quote, let Flynn go, close quote. As he publicly stated the next day, he did say to Mr. Comey, quote, General Flynn is a good guy. He's been through a lot. And also, quote, asked, how is, how is General Flynn doing? Close quote. Very interesting. In, in summary, Mark Kasowitz writes, in sum, it is now established that there is 
that the president was not being investigated for colluding with or attempting to obstruct that investigation. As the committee pointed out today, these important facts for the country to know are virtually the only facts that have not leaked during the long course of these events. Kind of interesting that that's what he would say. These are the only facts that have not been leaked through the course of this investigation. I kind of have to agree with him. I really do. I have to support him on this one. There was also, if we're, if we're going to go through some of the highlights and or lowlights of this circus that went on in Washington, D.C. today, and I feel, I feel a little let down. I feel like we got less of a nothing burger than we thought. There really wasn't that much entertainment. But what we did learn is that California, and I'm sorry, California, I'm, I'm already going to, I know I'm going to get mail. I know I'm going to get people angry with me because I, I get so frustrated with my friends in California. But this Kamala Harris, this woman you've elevated now to senator, she's just a dope. She's not good. And I know that the Democratic Party has big plans for her. I know they're thinking she's got vice presidential timber. But it it's just... It's just amazing to me that that Kamala Harris gets all the attention and power she gets. Listen to what Kamala Harris said during the the her questioning time with James Comey today. Director Comey, I want to thank you. You are now a private citizen and you are enduring a Senate Intelligence Committee hearing um any First of all, what's so funny? What what's funny about this? Why, why is it funny? Are you flirting with Jim Comey? Is, is there something there? I, I really don't understand it. I don't get it. It's, it's shocking to me. Kamala Harris is, uh, I, I think, an embarrassment. I think if I, were, if I were part of the party, I would say uh, we really, this is not good. This is a not a good thing for us. And she was the attorney general, was she not, for the state? She was the person in, in charge of so many different investigations. And this is her first spin in the Senate. But she immediately gets on this committee, on a very important committee. There's more from Kamala Harris. Her, her statement here is, is locked up, and I want to get to it. I also need to replay before we get out of here. Mika Brzezinski declaring Donald Trump crazy. And uh, when we get back, we're also going to hear some, some insane news from our friend Angie Austin, who's in Denver, coming back from the pool. Angie sent us a whole bunch of stories that we have to cover. And um, one of them is, I, I have to check with the censors. I don't know if we can actually talk about this one. It's a little dicey. We'll be right back on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. And you know what? Thank you. So many of you have been here all day with me. So many of you joined me earlier today, filling in for Glenn Beck, and then continued on this program. And tomorrow we are going to do the same. I am working on a couple of things. It looks like my hopes to interview George W. Bush about his paintings and the stuff he's doing for the veterans is not going to happen this week. I thought it would work out really well if it happened while I was here in Dallas. Uh, so we're, we're not giving up. I am like a dog with a bone. I, I think it'd be very important for us to have that interview, especially with all the good stuff he's doing. And I just got some really good news. Uh, do you know uh, Philem McAleer, the guy behind the Gosnell movie? Well, I met him on the train, and we've had him on the show, and he's just a great guy, uh, really hardworking guy. Ann and Philem are just warriors. But I just got an email from Philem saying, hey, I know you're waiting for the release of the Gosnell movie, and we hope we have some very good news shortly, which I, I think they're going to. He said, but I want to let you know about a new project coming through made by some friends of ours, Adam Carolla, who we know as a strong libertarian. He's a guy that works out of Hollywood. Adam Carolla and another guy we like, Dennis Prager, are teaming up on a film called No Safe Spaces. So I can't wait to see this. I have to reach out to both of them. They're, they're great guys. So we'll check out, we'll check out no safe spaces. I, I, I'm just very excited about this. I try and share with you guys when we get good news, our, our buddy from Denver, and I'm jealous because she wrote me and said, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to call in with some of my crazy stories I found, but I'm by the pool. I'm out by the pool today. And I'm like, okay, great, great. I'm inside watching Comey getting sort of grilled, not saying anything. And, you know, uh, you're out by the pool. You're at the pool. So uh, I, I hope I brought you in. And let me just remind you, turn so you don't burn every 15 minutes. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I, and I, well, don't be too jealous because I'm sweaty and I smell like a coconut. Um. I, I have so many different punchlines for this, but it's already been a day where the bosses have looked at me and go, don't go, do not go, okay. don't go there. Okay. Uh, so right. Angie Austin is my friend from Daybreak USA. She's another radio geek like me, but she's also somebody who, like me, scours everywhere looking for wacky stories and stories that make us go, wait a minute, no, that did not happen. Mm-hmm. And then usually exactly. we go, yes, it did. Yes, it did happen. Uh, this, there's one that there's actually an update to, um, yes. and, and uh, we, have to, we have to talk about this. Do you remember the story about the kid who got the award from the teacher, the award most likely to be a terrorist? <laughs> I laugh at it because I just don't know what, what person thinks that's a good idea to give to a kid. 
And it was like on a day that they'd had the real awards for like all the kids who are like academically succeeding and the sports awards. And she's like, oh, don't worry, kids. Those of you who got nothing like the loser group, I've got awards for you. Some of you might be offended. There was the award to the African-American girl that was the most likely to blend in with white people award, which apparently she's teased a lot about now. And then also the most likely to become a terrorist award to Lizeth Villa. Nueva, who's 13, and it was on the day after, like, the New England, uh, pardon me, the Manchester Arena bombing where little girls were killed. You're going to give her that award? Well, you know, Angie, kids are never mean. Kids never make fun of each other. What's the matter with poking a little fun? Children are so well-behaved, and they never, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) You're a mom. Do kids ever behave badly and jump on each other and call each other names? constantly and one of the little girls didn't come to the last day of school because she was so embarrassed oh see this is wrong but now you have an update because the teacher's probably been promoted right and been made a super superintendent or supervisor in some situation well, it made such big news, I think, that in Houston they were forced to do something about this. By the way, the teacher, Stacy Lockett, is like smoking hot. She used to be a, a Houston Texans cheerleader. Really? And so there's a picture of her in like a strapless satin gown that is like, whoa. So anyway, she uh, she got fired and she knew that some of the kids might be offended and she actually thought this was funny. And so the district apologized. But then I think because of all the pushback, they finally did Uh, fire her. I think that's good news. I think that's very good news. And I appreciate that. Now there's, uh, we have talked to the log cabin Republicans on this radio show. We've talked to them about their support for Donald Trump, but you have a story about some of these, these folks, these log cabin Republican types, the gay Trump supporters. Uh, What's happened to them? Well, do are they gays that live in log cabins? Like, what's the, is there a tie-in there? No, I see. I, that's the one thing I've never asked. I just thought that's kind of weird. I guess it's to, related to Lincoln, you know, because he had the log cabin. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so, all right. I don't want to. I don't want to delve into this because I know I'll get into real danger. You'll take me. I want to keep yeah, you employed. You'll take me down a path that we don't want to yeah. go down to. But this, look, if I'm going down, I'm taking you with me. Thank it's like you. when you're drowning and they come to get you and you pull the other person under. No, you're going down with me. Thank you, Very Charlotte. Good. Charlotte, Charlotte, North Carolina. North, North, can can North Carolina just get a month with no problems? I know. What's up with them? Then Florida, like the weirdest state. Yeah. Sorry, North oh, yeah. Carolina. Sorry, Florida. Well, what happened okay. to Charlotte and and the gay the gay Trump supporters? Okay, there's a group. Um, a, a group says Charlotte Pride. So it's the you know Pride Parade in yeah. Charlotte. Yeah. They are uh, pushing out the um, the conservative gays. Uh, And one of the guys, uh, Brian Talbert, he says, I'm very proud of my country, proud of my uh, president. And I was once proud of my community. He's a Trump supporter. He's got a Trump Pence bumper sticker, which he drives around in the gay neighborhoods. He has a not a liberal sign on his back window of his vehicle. And here's the email he got from Charlotte Pride Parade. Dear gays for Trump. That's their their gays Hmm. for Trump. The message um, is to confirm that we have received your application for entry in the 2017 Charlotte Gay Pride Parade. Unfortunately, we are not able to approve your application. The most open people, the most accepting people, the liberals who love all will not let the Trump uh, gays for Trump in their parade. Because apparently it's gays for uh, the gay pride parade is for gay liberals. It's not if you're a gay conservative, you can't have gay pride, apparently. And he says it was going to be fun. We wanted to be energetic. Uh, And these people. 
people are people who say they're not racist, racist, they're not bigots, they're not misogynistic, and they're the ones that won't let me in their parade because I'm conservative. See, this is, if this were somebody wanting you to make a cake and you said no because you didn't agree with them, do you think you'd be just said, okay, go, we'll, I'll go away. No, you would be sued. So sued. So I, I'm, I'm just in shock over this one, especially that it's happening in North Carolina where they've had so much craziness go on. All right. I have one more I want to ask you about, because you sent All me right. a list. You sent me this mm-hmm. wonderful list of stories. And I know this, for you. this one, this one might, I might get the HR call. After this oh, no, one. No, not that one. Are you getting yeah. that one? Yeah, I'm oh. going that one. This is this is from our friends at the Telegraph in in the UK. The sadomasochistic swingers club with the torture mm-hmm. dungeon um, mm-hmm. got shut down over <laughs> over health and safety concerns. Okay, when I read that, I had to send it to you because I couldn't believe that the sadomasochistic Wingers Club with a dungeon and torture chamber has been shut down over health and safety concerns because safety concerns, aren't they there to get hurt? Like, isn't that specifically why they go to the torture dungeon? Isn't that the whole point of it? I mean, I've never been in one, but my my feeling is if they have a St. George's cross and they're cuffed to it, that they want to feel like they want to be hurt. Right. So here's the problem. In this article in the Telegraph, they said the reason they shut down the torture dungeon is because apparently you can't escape from a fire when you're handcuffed to a St. George's cross. I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's the cross where your hands are, you know, like out and you're in. I don't know. I, I'm, yeah. I'm just going to let you keep digging. I'm, I'm not going to let you stop. You just. Yeah, the St. George's cross, of course. And they probably have the sex swings there and the other stuff, right? They do. Yeah, yeah, they have swings and they have they said they have plenty of implements to inflict pain. Mm. And then they said the fire risks were aggravated by the presence of equipment, which makes it tricky, makes it tricky, they said, for people to escape in the event of a fire. I just think, that, you know, at some point the show's going to need like a bell that when we get near the line, you're just going to hear and we're going to have to stop. You know, couldn't, your parent, couldn't your bosses do that for you? Like insert a bell? I think I just heard it. Did you hear that? I think that was the bell. Yeah, that was the please stop. <laughs> and and that's uh, uh, that's my favorite story of the day that the sadomastic, sadomasochistic swingers club that also has a torture dungeon has sh- shut down because of safety concerns. <laughs> I love that story. I. Ooh. I just, you know, they say there's a took us for every seat in the theater. I just, yeah. I just think, I wonder if these people feel persecuted now because I wonder. Well, it makes me never want to get myself involved or trapped in a St. George's cross in the event of a fire or be in one of those swings or an implement that inflicts pain. Do you think, I, yeah. do you think the people that go there and they're, you know, chained or whatever, tied up or locked down to the St. George's cross or whatever the heck it is. Do you think they're actually going, gee, I hope a fire doesn't break out. See, I right. think somebody would say, well, you're going to pay extra for that. You want fire? You want right. smoke inhalation? Would you like to be branded? Cause we can do that, but it's going to be 50 quid more governor. Right. Yeah. So. Right. Isn't there like, um, like kind of like a, you know, a hierarchy system and you pay a little bit more for like, if you, if you want like extra whoopings or whatever, don't they pay more for that? Isn't I'm, that like, I'm sorry, like, Angie, I have like, no idea what you're talking about. I have no idea. I, I think you better go back to the pool. I can't talk about this any right. further. I know. Sure, I'm a soccer mom. The like bosses are at the pool. The bosses are saying, 
stop now. Yellow light. Thank you, my well, friend. Where where you. do we find you, Angie Austin? Daybreak USA, and we never talk about uh, uh, torture dungeons on my show. I know, but the next time I'm on, we will. All right. Thank <laughs> as, you, friend. Always as, a pleasure. As I like to say. <laughs> we'll be Thank right you. back. Thanks, Angie. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. You know, Chris Salcedo, he's a little angry today. Or, or I'm sorry, every day that ends in a Y. I got I to gotta bring Chris down to earth and give him some happy, happy news. A couple things before we get out of here today. Again, thank you for being here. Don't forget, visit us on theblaze.com. Click on the channel section. I'm doing my damnedest to catch Doc Thompson. I'm really in some sort of death match to catch Doc Thompson. And it's very important to me. He, he doesn't want to let it happen. Uh, before we get out of here, I have two, uh, two bits of, maybe three bits of things I need to share with you. Here's that Kamala Harris clip where she... She's first of all, she's laughing at Jim Comey and then just asks this really ridiculous question statement. Director Comey, I want to thank you. You are now a private citizen and you are enduring a Senate Intelligence Committee hearing. um, And each of us gets seven minutes instead of five as yesterday to ask you questions. So thank you. For I'm, I'm between opportunities well, now, so. Well, you're, you, you are. <laughs> are they flirting? I'm sure you'll have future opportunities. You know, you and I are both um, former prosecutors. I'm not going to require you to answer. I just want to make a statement that um, in, in my, um, my uh, experience of prosecuting uh, cases, uh, when a robber held a gun to somebody's head and, and said, I hope you will give me your wallet, the word hope was not the most operative word at that moment. But I'll, you don't have to respond to that point. No, you don't. But it's like you're making this connection saying that Donald Trump was holding a gun to Jim Comey's head. We get the point, Senator. And if you missed it, here was Mika declaring Donald Trump crazy. I, I don't Seems buy like it. He defense, knew exactly right? what he was doing. Well, I he think he's know. such a narcissist. It yes, is possible so. that he's m- mentally ill in a way. And uh, this is on the table. I said it months ago, and yeah. now everybody's starting to say it like it's new and it's okay to say. Yeah. He's not well. No. At the very least, he's not well, and he's so narcissistic, he does not believe the rules apply to him. And that's where the ignorance label may apply, because this is a man who says he can grab women anywhere because he's famous. I he still, may I think he can that. push her. Well, that's, I think there's a I innuendo to perhaps the other sex. But anyhow, everyone has their ideas about why he wow. said what he well, said. Just, but oh, um, the point is that he feels he can say can or do things. Things that are different than the norm because right. he's famous, because he's a celebrity, because he has right power. <laughs> and you know what? I need an eject button. Joe wants an eject button. I think we should all chip in and get him one. She called the president crazy. In order to step away from this, I need to give you 
the greatest moment from yesterday. And this happened when the video showing the little boy riding his bicycle up to his friend's house. And before he gets off his bike, he notices an American flag and he stops and he recites the Pledge of Allegiance. Kids pulling up in front of the house on his bike. Sees the flag. There it is. It's just so great. He stops, says the Pledge of Allegiance, makes a mistake and corrects himself. Mom and Dad, great job. Testudo, my friends. I'll see you on Glenn's show tomorrow. Testudo. This is Pure Pelka with Mike Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.